Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. For decades in this country, there has been a debate about how to deal with young people who commit horrible crimes. Are they adults who should feel the full force of the law, or are they young minds that can't be held totally responsible for what they do? In 2012, the U.S. Supreme Court weighed in on this question. It said that mandatory life sentences for young offenders were unconstitutional. That set off years of fighting about how to interpret that ruling and to make sense of it in light of the thousands of people sitting in prison cells for crimes they committed as juveniles. That fighting took on a special intensity right here in Michigan, where we had the highest number of juveniles sentenced to life before the Supreme Court ruled. Our Attorney General, Bill Schuette, has been pretty opposed to making decisions that would make it easy for juvenile lifers to challenge their sentences and get new hearings. Meanwhile, advocates have fought very hard and won releases for several juvenile lifers with the strength of the new ruling. And we want to start the conversation today with a Detroit man who spent 43 years in prison in connection with a shooting death that happened when he was 17. David Walton is now 61 years old. David Walton, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Let's start with what brought you to a prison cell uh, when you were 17 years old. What happened and uh, what role did you play in that crime? Well, the late, um, I, um, I was brutally raped at 13. And uh, from that point on, I lost all sense of time. I couldn't figure it out, couldn't get myself together, didn't know how to talk about it because I really didn't know it was a word for the crime that mm-hmm. was committed against me. Against you? Yes. Yeah. And so I just took to the streets, and that's where I was at. You know, I would go home, jump out windows at all the times at night, walk them down the alleys trying to figure it out. What, what, what was this all about? And I was 15 when I figured out, when I learned that at uh, 13, I was brutally raped, beaten at a football field. And at that point, my life went downhill. And I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't fix me. I couldn't get it right. And I just started drinking, smoking weed, and, and I took on another life that I didn't un- truly understand. And so, bring me to the day that the the, the crime happens that you yeah. were you were sentenced to uh, life for. I was I was um, drinking heavily, smoking weed, and just hanging out in the streets with a few friends, and and just agitated. And and I got into a short argument with a guy, and and then next thing you know, I I put picked up the gun and I fired one shot on the top porch and unfortunately I hit him mm-hmm. and he died and that's how I got to be in the Michigan Department of Corrections. And and do you remember what you felt that day as that as that happened? Sure. Do you remember what oh, yeah. was going through your mind? Oh yeah. I was uh I was in disarray and truthfully truthfully when I found out that the guy had died, 
it was worse for me. I, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I I I wanted to go to just turn myself in, but I just I was I was confused. And and when they arrested me, I think that was probably that was probably the best thing because I was I was going downhill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm truly truly sorry about that night that day, February twenty first. And it's, it's it's still with me today. And and so um, you're sentenced to life in prison at, at age seventeen. Talk Without, about uh, talk about what your initiation to prison life was like at age seventeen. Most people in prison are yeah. considerably older yeah. than that. Yeah. Uh, how did that How did that go? Uh, it was a nightmare. I, you know, I, I wandered around prison trying to, trying to fit in, trying to see what was all about. I heard all the stories in the county jail and, and I was, like I say, I had a head full of hair and no hair on my face, very, very young. And and for a while it was great. It was, uh, I was getting by. Mm -hmm. Then one day I went to, uh, uh, a AA meeting, and I happened to just go to the bathroom, and I went to the bathroom. Uh, I seen about three, four, maybe five guys coming to the bathroom. I'm paying many attention because I was using the urinal, and <clears throat> one of them walked up to me and said, "What's up?" And I turned and when I turned, he knocked me out cold, and I wind up on the floor in the bathroom, and. The next thing I know, I had a knife at my neck. He stuck me in my side, and and I fought back for a little while, and then all over again, it happened again. I was brutally being raped again. Mm-hmm. And so I just shut my eyes and couldn't do anything about it, and I just, it happened. Right. And so that's and, and, it. And so that kind of introduction then yeah, that's what it was. to prison, what, yeah. is that, what does that do? When you're 17, what does that do as you grow older into your 20s <laughs> and 30s uh, and yeah. knowing that yeah, this is going to be your life for the yeah. rest of your life? Uh, I used it as a, I used it as a, as a tool to do my time. Mm-hmm. I was there for a reason. And so... The only way I felt at the time that I can make sense of it, that this is what happens when uh, you come into the system and you, you, I don't know, it's like, I don't know, I looked at it as, as just being the worst thing in the world can happen to a person. And you try, I tried to still at that point try to navigate through it, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. And the worst thing about it was an officer came in the bathroom and seen what was happening. And his words was, I never forget him. Hurry up with that BS. And I said, Wow. 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 That was deep. Yeah. And so I just went on with my bit, feeling real. I had a lot of rage at that point, hatred in my heart. And I got into a lot of trouble. I started. You know, just doing what prisoners 
to at that point. Not all prisoners, but me. I can speak for me. I just, I was enraged. I was just, you know, I was ready to give up. Mm-hmm. But this old guy named Drew, he came to my cell and he said, David, you still the man you are. Yesterday you were going to be that same man you are today. Don't worry about it. Get past it. That's not who you are. That's not how it's going to be for you. You just keep getting up and doing what you're doing. And I think that's what saved my life because I was getting ready to throw in the towel because I thought that was where it was going to be for me and I just couldn't, wouldn't going to allow myself to be treated that way. And I got back. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is David Walton. He's a former juvenile <laughs> lifer from the city of Detroit. He served 43 years in prison in connection with a shooting death that he was involved with when he was 17. Uh, David, I want to ask you a, a little more about those early years mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in prison. Uh, do you feel like you were a child and had a childlike view of the world uh, when you went uh, and did prison sort of trap you in that childlike view of the world or did it strip you of the, the whole idea of being a child? Um, it strips you of the whole idea of being a child because that's what I was a child. And I, uh, You, the you know you're young and you're impressionable and in 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 my early years in prison, it was it was brutal, it was brutal, and it's like they say you either pray or you gonna be preyed upon, and so you and being young as I was, not knowing anything about life or anything else, couldn't read, couldn't write that good, and and and, and you trying to function in People taking advantage of you, and you know, I come to my house some days. The little little stuff I had, it'd be gone, and this, that, and the other. People walk up to you, tell you, "Yeah, I took it," and this, that, and the other. How 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 would I was? Uh, they were looking for, see how I would respond to it. Mm-hmm. And most times, I just let it go because it's just things, it's just things. And so, it's you have to you have to really really. Be strong within yourself to survive it because every day is going to be a challenge and every day somebody's going to want to challenge you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was with me most days. And I think most of the time I preferred to be in solitary confinement, which I was a bunch, a lot of the time because I would do stuff just to go to solitary confinement to be by myself because to get away from, to get away from the, the, the madness because that's what it is for especially for young people mm-hmm. because they ought to pray and 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 when you go in there as young as you are that is the way you that is the way it, it is they treat you that way and I thank God that I survived it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's it's brutal yeah uh, uh, let's fast forward yeah. to the day that you find out that um, that you're going to get out of of prison after 43 years. Yeah, talk about how how you how you dealt with that. Uh, 
Well, I call I call this dep- deputy warden Scott Nobles, and I asked him, you know, you know, is it for real? And I talked to a lot of other people. Yeah, they more or less saying, "Hey, it's real, man. You 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 getting ready to go back out?" You know, <clears throat> I just sat on my bed that night. I just sat on my bed and I was hoping and praying that it was for real because in prison you don't ever believe anything until it happens, and so and so. Uh, I woke up that morning and they called me to go up front. I still didn't believe that I was, <laughs> you know, getting out of prison that yeah. morning. Yeah. And I just I walked up front and and like I say it's a lot of it, I I knew and got along with a, a lot of staff as well as prisoners and they was wishing me well, hoping hoping that I could make it. And I, uh, and I remember going through that first sliding door. I worked in the controls, and and I used to always see it slide back and forth, slide back and forth, going out, going out. But it was it wasn't me that it wasn't was ever for you. Right? It was never for me. And so I, the day that it was for me, I I walked through the first gate, and I I kind of broke down. And then I got out to the lobby area and the first person I see was Scott Nobles. And the deputy warden. Deputy warden. And he I looked at him, he looked at me, and I, s- I seen a few employees. Donna. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was it was amazing. Deputy warden, warden, uh uh it was it was something. And when I seen him, and we got to walking towards the door, and I got into the parking lot, and and I see my attorneys, and, and they <laughs> wishing me away. <laughs> and I say, wow. And the only thing I can think of at that point, although we stood out there, we took a couple pictures and stuff, and then my brother Will, Willie, he pulled up, and I seen this red truck, and I looked at him, and I had to really look at him because it was almost like, Wow. This is my brother too, and wow. And the only thing I wanted to do was just get out the parking lot. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to do was get off the ground, because I was looking forward to being back on the street again. David Walton, former juvenile lifer from Detroit, served forty three years in prison in connection with a shooting death that happened when he was seventeen. David, congratulations on making it to a year outside and yeah. Here's to many more. Appreciate it. Right? Yes. I really appreciate your being here. Up next, we are going to hear from a Metro Detroiter who is from Duma, Syria, about growing up in the region and what it was like to watch a civil war unfold. Stay with us on Detroit Today. 